Matt Stepp, we've been recording this podcast for a long time. This is Tep and Step episode 169. Nice. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber into double digits of the weeks. It's week 10. We did, we done, we did. It does, like I made the joke in the, in the, in the cold open, but like... 169 episodes is a lot of episodes this podcast. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the perceived, because the season's not going any faster than it ever goes. It's always, the, the time, time is time. Time is time. But the per- perception of the season. Oh, we're getting old. That's all it's, it is. It's just we're getting this old. This is right? all, the only thing that has changed is us. Yeah. Like the concept of time hasn't changed. No, we're just washed. We're just washed. I mean, like, it really... Seems like not that long ago it was week one and it was 177 degrees outside. Dude, I want you to think about the fact we just had the eight-year anniversary of TFT. Yeah, shout out Poochie. Yeah. Like, was that a Poochie idea or a you idea or was it a collab? It was a collab. you want to give credit? For, it was, it was, oh, no. It was more him than me. It's certainly more him than me. Uh, he had the initial idea and I think I would be in – I would take credit in the development Okay, right. that's kind of where I would okay. go, um, but it was a it was a collaborative. But he would get he's he's the brainchild okay. for sure. He's the father. Rest in, rest in peace, Poochie. All right, we miss you. We, we miss, miss you, buddy. This is your week ten preview edition of Tap and Step. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to recap a uh, a kind of surprisingly and out of nowhere wild week nine. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, it was a good. I mean, we knew it was going to be a good week of games. It was, but then like, uh, I think the best kind of weeks is that like a lot of the games we had our eye on lived up to the hype, mm-hmm. and then you had like two or three from out of nowhere that like you know jumped off the steel cage and hit you with the the uh, you know elbow dropper whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so we'll get into week nine and then into our week ten draft in a a stupid week of games. A it's brand name week of games. A shocking week of games. This is, this is it's the fireworks factory. This is box this, office. This is the fireworks factory. It is. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, presented by Country Meats. Special, Gotta love those Country Meats. Special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the promo code dis, uh, STEP10 to mm-hmm. get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. It's a website and a food stuff. And it's good. And it's good. And it's, a, it's step and step approved. Matt, step your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. What UIL 11 man team with a winning record has the worst point differential on the season? Ooh. So they have to have won more than they've lost. Mm hmm. And so, and, and so, and by the way, so I've eliminated all the 500 teams too. So yeah. they they have a winning record, but 
They have the worst point differential. So when they take an L, they take an L hard. <laughs> I will tell you that they, <laughs> they have won. We'll, we'll run through their schedule. But, uh, yes, they have, they have a number of close wins. And a couple of big losses, man. I've got. I don't have the faintest idea. I, I'm. Okay. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna tap out on this one. I, got, I will. You, you. You have. We'll do bottom. You have stumped me. We will do the bottom three. Okay. okay. Bottom three. Uh, third place, Louise. Louise is rocking with a minus seventy nine win differential at five and four. Probably took a heavy loss uh, to Refurio. They played Refurio. Uh oh, they kind of get a. They, you know, part of this is they do have a forfeit loss. With forfeit win over Rungi, so that kind of throws things off a yeah. little bit too. So I, I'll I'll throw them out. Second place is Bastrop. Okay. Okay. Bastrop is rocking with a minus eighty four win dif- point differential, despite being five and four. They have a fourteen point win, a one point win, a six point win, nice nineteen point win over Kerrville Tyvee. Yeah, and that's a good Tyvee team. And too. a and a nice uh, and then they 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 beat uh, Bastrop Cedar Creek by twenty seven. But uh, those are pretty nice wins. Those yeah. aren't those aren't close uh-huh. wins. But uh-huh. <laughs> how are their losses? Jeez. They have a forty seven point loss to San Antonio Veterans Memorial. Okay. They have a forty one point loss to San Antonio Piper. Okay, we're, we're trending uh, down They do have here. like an 11-point loss to Lockhart last week, and then they have a 52-point loss to Round Rock Westwood. Yeah. So they lose big. Yeah. But the nice. leader in the clubhouse, and this is, I don't think I've ever seen this, is Hemp Hill. Okay. Hemp Hill's minus 93 on the season, okay? okay. They're, what, are they 5-3? and three? They're 5-4. Five 5-4, and, four. Five five and four. Four. okay. They have a 5-point win over Shelbyville. They have a 14-point win over West Sabine. Oh, a r- r- real blowout. Nice. 18-point win over, over a winless Trandy team. <laughs> They have a two-point win over Kuntz, and they have a six-point win over Warren. Okay. All right. Eight-point loss to New Waverly. Okay. Competitive. One-score game. Competitive. They have a 16-point loss to St. Augustine week one. Two-score game. Tough. Um, okay. They've they were big favorites in that game, too. They were like 30-point yeah, yeah. favorites in that game. That was game. the big upset of the other Yeah. Week I, re- I remember that game, yeah. Uh, they have a 38-point loss to Kirbyville. Mm. Matt Step, I want you to remember what did Newton do what did Newton do to him? <laughs> Seventy six to nothing. <laughs> but they're five and four and uh they're going to the playoffs. So uh yeah, they're, so, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty, pretty they're locked in the playoffs. So anyway, there it is. Your Texas High School fun fact of the week. Hemp Hill. 90. Congrats to Hemp Hill. Congrats to Hemp Hill. Hey, the stack in the right call. For those of you don't know, Hemp Hill is in Hemp Hill's in deep East Texas. If you're interested, like it, is, it is the, the team, woods. And this is this is you know, the team with the uh, b- best point differential right now? No longer Honeygrove, R.I.P. Honeygrove. Mm-hmm. Houston Lamar. Hmm? They have outscored their opponents by 443 points. Seems good. Nine and up. We may talk about Houston Lamar at some point in this podcast. Stay tuned. What a tease. What a tease. Matt Stepp, that's, uh, that's your Texas Wall fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's go look back at week n- week nine. And the the one like it it it's strange cuz there's all it does seem like every year there's sometime this this time of year it's like sometime week 8 through week 12 like where we have to take a classifications rankings and throw them in the wood chipper <laughs> and like come back out and, and this week punt them away this week we had a kind of had a couple yeah 3AD1 mm-hmm. got thrown in the wood chipper mm-hmm. 2AD2 kind of did too yeah. 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 So we'll start with 381. Number one, Franklin goes down. Uh, to Lorena, a Lorena team that I think is getting healthier and I think they is, are. is they growing Jayden, up. They got Jaden Porter back, mm-hmm. the Baylor commit. Um, and they were playing pretty well 
without them, just losing some close mm-hmm. games. But they they've got their wheels on, and they're going to be a problem come playoff mm-hmm. time. I mean, we're looking at the I'm looking at potential brackets, and I'm looking at Lorena and Columbus round three. Yeah, yeah. that's a heavyweight matchup there. I, Lorena was before this week was was just outside. They were literally number eleven mm-hmm. in the rankings, in kind of our so internal rankings. Yeah, they were number eleven, so they were right there on the cusp. But you end the state's longest winning streak. Yeah, uh, you get you're, ranked. You're going to get ranked. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about another one in a moment. But the another one that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, down goes Edna. That one is mystifying. That's a really surprising loss. Maybe Goliad's better than we think. I mean, go, look, Goliad's, Goliad is six and two now. And Goliad's they, a good team, and their losses are to Tidehaven, who's undefeated, and Jordantune, who's undefeated. So that's what. Is so I think we have to recalibrate Region Four in three A Division yes. One now, because I think up until this week Edna was the runaway favorite mm-hmm. to win Region Four. It, it was not even close. Mm-hmm. And you take Goliad knocking off Edna at Edna, by the way, yeah, twenty-one to six. Yeah, like Pretty, two score two eight. score win. They didn't fluke into no. that win. Mm-mm. Goliad lost to Jordanton Week Four. By by three scores, mm-hmm. forty one to twenty, mm-hmm. and I know it's matchups and there, but from a just from a looking at it, you're like, okay, Edna's not the lock at all uh-huh. now. I I think you can make a case that Jordanson's the favorite in Region Four, Three A Division One right now. I think you could too. I think with Edna, this 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 result is is was it, it, this was the one. I this was the one. There's always one or two scores every week. I got to go back and double check and find a sports writer who was at that game and just say, hey, was this really the score? This was one. And, yeah, credit to Goliad. Kevin Salazar's squad, their defense has been good all year, and they, they came to play and shut Edna down. The other one that was kind of mystifying to me, not necessarily well, – I mean, I don't know. This and Now we're moving into uh, to three, or, yeah, 382. Bro, we going to talk about Littlefield? Yeah, I I need to see what because uh, they got they lose to Abernathy. <laughs> and then not only they lost, forty eight nothing. Yeah, they got blown out. That was very like like so. There's another game out west. Uh, Groover beat Sunray, and forty five, forty four, forty six, forty five. Yeah, forty one, forty one. Yeah, something like that. Forty two, forty one. The one point game. Um, that's not a great look for Sunray. It kind of feels well, like the defensive concerns we had at the beginning of the year have come home to roost. A little bit. Uh, you know, Groover recovered. But I think an, Groover's decent. Gro- Groover's good. They recovered an onside kick to kind of get momentum going. Uh, and then I think Armando Lujan's going to need a new ankle. Um, I think you're probably going to need to donate your he, – he, he, he played, but yeah. he, he was severely – he had, I think he sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. was basically a statue in the pocket in the second half. So um, you may need to donate your ankle to your I'm sweet panhandle to. boy. I'm willing to. Um, but but yeah, yeah. Littlefield lo- getting blown out by Abernathy was not so much that they lost, but mm-hmm. 48 nothing. Something. And this is on. an Abernathy team that was – Two and five going into that game. Yeah, they, so not, yeah, not some, not some. I I want to see. I, I would like to see a box. Did, did Littlefield have like seven turnovers? Were they missing four or five guys? What happened in this game? So um, I'm trying to think of anything. Okay, we'll just go through the games. We'll we talk Paradise and Brock a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's where I was going. We'll start with Paradise and Brock because that's another. Obviously, that that segues us through 381 and then into the games we talked about. Um, I am not throwing dirt on Paradise. Well, we're still ranked. We ranked. We we kept them in the rankings. They they were competitive. But I think I think Brock has established themselves as like I don't want to say runaway favorite, but it, it would it, at this point it, they're going to be favored in every game up until a semifinal. Yeah, I I did not watch this game live. But I did go back and watch it. Paradise was competitive with Brock mm-hmm. and, and led at one point fourteen thirteen. Mm-hmm. 
once Brock took the lead, just never felt like Paradise was going to get back in the lead. It just kind of felt like Brock kind of held him at arm's length. I think they're. I think they're going to be when the brackets come out. They're going to be the the team to beat in in Region One certainly. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Um, Stillsby and Hampshire Finette. Uh, I did watch this game. Stem, stem to stern. Draylon Live. Miller did not have the like go bananas like receiving day, but he had a really good receiving day. And then he was a menace defensively. So remember, I said that Silsby has not unleashed Draylon Miller yet this year, mm-hmm. and. They unleashed him, but they didn't unleash him in the way we thought they'd unleash him. They just said, hey, we're going to put you on defense and just let you destroy people. Yeah. And he was a absolute menace and a factor in that win. Um, I know Hampshire Finette had one drive that ended inside the five-yard line where Miller forced a fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a huge uh, stop on a fourth down play mm-hmm. uh, in the inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, so he, at the one, basically. Yeah, he ma- it was Draylon Miller made the stop. Yeah. He had, I believe he had an interception. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way, he also had 166 yards receiving and a touchdown and just for fun ran for 40 yards on like three carries. He averaged like 13 yards a carry running the ball. So, yeah, Draylon Miller did stuff yeah. Friday night. And I also thought, like, I'll just say this, like, holistically, I was impressed by Silsby's defense. I thought Silsby's defense equated themselves very well against a, a Hampshire Finette team that is not as explosive as, as Silsby is. But still, still has some, some. Hampshire Finette's a good ball. Good ball. I was ball. very impressed with them. Their, their front seven is as advertised. They're very good. They made Sil- Silsby has has been explosive and blowing past people. They'll be a problem. They made they made Silsby work. Mm-hmm. I, it was pretty clear Silsby was the best team, mm-hmm. but on the on the field that night, and they were the better team. But well, that atmosphere looked amazing. It, Silsby. it looked it was it was crazy. Um, Hampshire Finette and Cuero potentially in round uh, three. Keep an eye on that. Mm. Odessa and Midland. Tell your children about the eight and O Midland Bulldogs. They took it to Odessa. They pummeled high. them. Yeah, they they. And I I kind of thought we that, that game would go like that. Odessa is very good offensively, but their defense uh, struggles. And I thought Midland would be able to get a couple of stops. And I didn't think Odessa had much of a chance. Not to sure stop if we're going to draft their game this week, but uh, you. B- biggest Midland versus Legacy game oh, in. It's a it, man. The, the tall city is going to be crazy. To this, you know, it's it's been because typically Midland Legacy's big rivals Permian. Absolutely, that's the big game because because Midland's an afterthought yeah. most years and they are not. They are eight and one, and yeah, this this is going to be a huge it's game. Huge. I, I'll be keeping my eye on on this uh, Friday night when those two get together. China Spring Stephenville. Um, Watch this one on Texan Live. I. I think that what Sterling Doty has done in 12 months to transform this team is remarkable. Remarkable. Because remember what the the book on Stephenville was last year. The book on Stephenville was they can score, but can they stop anybody? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now they went out there and they kind of they kind of bullied a good China Spring offense. Yeah. I I left after the, after I turned that game off Thursday night. I thought, well, there's Stephenville's clearly the better team. They, I, I, just, that wasn't that was not fluky. That was a that was a thorough yeah. performance. It was very impressive. So I think you have to give a lot of credit to um, Coach Doty and that defensive staff. I thought Stephenville's defensive line dominated China Springs' mm-hmm. offensive line. And I thought Stephenville, when they needed to make a big play, they made big plays. Tristan Gentry had a big long catch, but my, mainly it was Stephenville's running game that just kind of ground mm-hmm. China, China Spring into dust. And now, 
you look at China Spring, they're they're on the tough side of the bracket now. Mm-hmm. They got to go through potentially Anna in round two and Salina in round three. That is a tough, tough road to get out just to get to the re- just to get to so potentially re- another re- Stephenville yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Stephenville. If you if you look at Stephenville, I think they have put themselves right there. I mean, I think I think region region two is a four horse race, and mm-hmm. and right now Stephenville may be the the lead lead horse. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. They they look the most complete right now. I'll say that. San Antonio J and San Antonio Harlan. You took this one in. I took this one in in San Antonio. It was a fun atmosphere uh, Saturday night in the Alamo City at Ferris Stadium. Uh, first, I'm going to say Jackson Gutierrez from San Antonio J, the Navy commit. He's He didn't win that. He got that dog in him award, but he does have that dog in him. He He's, got that dog in him? Well, let me ask you a question. This is an important distinction. Does he have that dog in him, or is he a dude's rock candidate? I think he could be both. Oh, wow. Okay. His, a crossover. He, he His... He, he pulled a, a you remember Army quarterback Bryson Daly, another, oh, another yeah. Texas kid running over that kid from Syracuse. Uh-huh. He did that to two Harlan DBs on separate occasions. Just just straight ran him over the Love open it. field. Just yeah, he, we were talking about. He's thick. He is. Yeah, he's thick with two C's. Yeah. Uh, but he's he moves well. He throws a good mm-hmm. deep ball. Jay's a good team. They don't have the depth that and the skill. Harlan's skill kids were the difference. Mm-hmm. They they really were good in their offensive line. Dominated. Um, Harlan's a bigger school. Jay's probably going to be five A next year. Mm-hmm. Harlan's a good size six A three thousand kids. They just kind of wore. Jay down, I think. Um, two really good teams in Northside ISD. I think two, te- two teams that are that are going to be uh, playoff contenders. You know, in 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 Region Four, good, it was a good ball game. It's the year of um, off the beaten path, undefeated teams in the Rio Grande Valley, mm-hmm. PSJ Memorial, and Roma, folks. That was a hell Folks, of a, that was a hell of a ball game. Great ball game. I think both teams got to feel pretty. I mean, obviously Roma feels better than PSJ Memorial does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But great ball game. I think both feel pretty good about it. Man, between Roma, Westlaco, there's this fun crop of teams, mm-hmm. like teams that we haven't talked about in, in in these types of terms in a while. And Roma's Roma's for real. That the gladiators. That yeah. running game is going to keep them in every game, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they feel like I'm I'm about to sign their death warrant when I say this. They feel blowout proof. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they might lose, but it's going to be like. 28-13. Yeah. You know? They just kind of they, they just stick with what they do and they mm-hmm. do it well and they and they they believe in it and they they just say hey this is what we're going to do stop us and they do a good job. Corpus Christi Miller and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Another game Matthew. I was at on Thursday Matthew. and uh this is a great ball game. Uh, I think you watched some of it on I online. Did. Great I crowd see. in Corpus Christi. See, oh man, the scene looked yeah, awesome. It was a scene. Um first off, I think what you had to say about about Miller is this is a little bit different Miller team than what we've seen because their defense is is not bad. Yeah, they gave up forty points, but Vets is really good offense. That sophomore quarterback Billy White the third, he's going to be a player. Mm-hmm. He threw a couple of interceptions. And he he looked like a sophomore for the first time this year mm-hmm. in that game. But he's six. He's a legit six five and a half. He can spin it. He's got playmakers. Christian Sabsuk, Luke Johnson uh-huh. out wide. Um, they got playmakers. But Miller's defense did enough to slow them down, make them work. And Miller's offense is just dynamic. They, you know, Brod- Broderick Taylor, who did win the Matt Step, he got that dog in him award. Uh, is just one of several guys. Corey Holmes, um, uh, Damare. Oh gosh, what's Damare's last name? They've uh, they've got five or six different receivers that, that they rotate in and out. Um, and they're they're dynamic. And this Miller team, I thought they were vets had them on the ropes. They they took the lead in the third quarter. And I thought Miller. This might be where Miller implodes. They didn't implode. They came back and made plays and uh, found a way to win. And I think right now, 
uh, barring an upset in the playoffs, I think we're on a collision course for a rematch between Miller and Vela. Or not, excuse me, Miller and PSJ North in the fourth round of the playoffs instead of the second round. So to year. set the scene on this, uh, that means we'll get Corpus Christi Miller and Edinburgh Vela in an area round, mm-hmm. and, we'll and PSJ North and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial in an area round. That game will be in FAR. Yes. If, if, f- if, yeah, Corpus Christi Vets and PSJ North play. It will be in FAR because they played in the fourth round last year in Corpus. And they owe them a return. So that, even, if, even though it's in the second round, not the fourth round, they owe them the return trip still. And then Miller and Vela, because they have never played, they will negotiate probably mm-hmm. flip. Could be in the Valley. Could be in Corpus. Mm-hmm. Not really a lot of neutral sites. No. <laughs> if, you've gone, if you've driven Highway uh, 77 between... Maybe they'll meet up in... Uh, in Riviera or something. That'd be awesome. Know. They play in like some like 3A team. Yeah, like Fal Furious or something. Fill it up. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. We also talked about um, Cooper and Honeygrove. Uh, I mean, we talked about the rent came due, and, uh, and and I still think Honeygrove's a pretty good team. They're good. They're good. Cooper's different. There's levels to this. There's levels to and this. And Honeygrove's not at that level. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, they're fun. But I, think I was kind of I picked Cooper to win the game. Cooper had been ranked all. We we took a lot of flack for not having Honeygrove ranked mm-hmm. and Cooper having Cooper ranked. I think we were validated in, in having. Yeah, that's that just ranking. the way to go. Like a, Honeygrove like, just hadn't played. They, they just had Honeygrove's going to need to upgrade the non-district schedule mm-hmm. in the next realignment cycle. Yeah, they're they're going to need to play some if they want to get to where they think they can go. They're they're going to need to upgrade the non-district. Um, El Paso Montwood and El Paso Eastwood. Uh, that was a hell of a game that was. That was. I mean, that Eastwood was. Eastwood was down early. Eastwood Montwood put Eastwood in a hole early. Yeah, but, they did. Uh, yeah, Julio Lopez's troopers came roaring back. Roar back. Forty-eight, forty-one. That's fun. That's worth the price of admission. Yeah, Max Mancias had a huge game for the troopers in that game. And now they're um, they have clinched. Hold on. Have they played? Yeah, they, they beat Pebble Hills. So Eastwood has clinched the district championship. Because uh, yeah. they, they can't, they, even if they get two losses, they've beaten all the teams that, they, that could tie yeah. the two losses. They've, so. they've clinched at least a share of the district yes. title and the number one seed yeah. in Division Two. So congratulations to them. Uh, and then finally, Lake Belton and Midlothian. I will say this about, the, about that game. The stars showed up. They like did. sometimes we talk about these like five star mm-hmm. matchups and stuff, and you're like, oh, well, he had one catch for nine yards. Both uh, Micah Hudson and Bryant Wesco showed out. I came away pretty impressed with the balance that Midlothian's offense has. Like, they can run the ball a little bit. That offense is dynamic, and their defense makes some plays. Like, their defense is not bad. I'm, I am dabbling in a little bit of Midlothian stock. I think they're, I think they're legit, and I think they've got not. I think they could be, they could be problematic for somebody. They, they, um. They really impressed me in that win. Back, back, they played a backup quarterback, and they uh, Drew Wendell didn't play. Yeah, they did it with the backup quarterback. I thought Midlothian's supporting cast, especially up front on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. was just better than Lake Belton. Mm-hmm. They were superior. They dominated, and they were able to kind of do what they wanted. So. And we'll get week eleven, I believe. We'll get Red Oak and Midlothian. Yes, for and the district that championship. That will be to functionally avoid Den Ryan. Going to be third. Uh, Possibly, you're going to avoid Alito to the fourth round, yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah, you'd avoid Denton Ryan in round three. Although, although, do we want to Alito? Ah, they all they every year. There's one game like this where they fart around. And I think Denton Ryan's got after that. Whatever happened in that the Colony loss has they're, it's behind them. Yeah. They've gotten it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're going to be a tough outcome playoff. They're they're playing well right now. Anyway, there it is. Your week nine recap. It's now on to our week 
10 draft and it's brought to you by our friends at community coffee who support and celebrate the thriving communities at the heart of texas high school football community coffee strong as our roots if this is your first episode of tep and step where have you been for 168 episodes where have you been uh, if this is your first episode of Step and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games that we're most interested in in this week of games. Every game is on the board, which is like it's um, – I have the number. It's 671. How so, would anyone even know that? So, Matt Step, if you want to take Weatherford Grace Christian versus Waco Christian, you can. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll break that of, one down right now. Any of these games uh, you can take. Uh, once it's picked off the board, we'll go five rounds each, and then we will wrap it all up with our hipster game of the week. In a, there, there, there are. It's brand name week. There are weeks we have to sell you on, mm. and then there's this week. This remember is the, a stupid slate of games. Remember the dude. week before we used to it was the bottom shelf. Yeah, that's uh, a, the bag cereal. of cereal. This is not bag of cereal week. No, this, this is this is the good stuff. This is Honey Nut Cheerios. This yeah. is this, this is, is Cookie Crisp. Oh yeah, this, this is, is Lucky Charms. This is Dad got a bonus at work. Yeah, and like he's coming. Up, he's like, we're getting the good cereal. This this yeah. is like even like the mini boxes, like the the variety pack, like the mini oh, boxes. Yeah. That's what it is. This yeah. is the this is the mini variety. Variety box cereal uh, ga- uh, week of games. S- shocking slate it's, of games. It's, it's strong. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had a coin flip before the show. I won the coin flip. Damn it! <laughs> Which means I get I get Gosh. pick one one this week. And Do you have to put an NSFW tag on this and because no, I said damn it. <laughs> and there's no like, there's no. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many how many are in number one? draft pick how, how deep is this draft like as far as number one overall how I've many got five you got five games that you th- would conceivably take uh-huh. number one overall uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna overthink it seven o'clock Friday night at Eagle Stadium in DeSoto that, that, that's my number one <laughs> I think I think this is the easy pick defending, it, two defending state champs it is a a matchup of defending state champs for the district 11 6 8 crown as the DeSoto Eagles welcome in the Duncanville Panthers um and the only thing this game is missing is playoff implications. That's like the only ingredient yeah. that we're missing. If this game, if DeSoto were going D1, like if so, if Waxahachie were missing the playoffs, mm-hmm. which they're not, um, if Waxahachie were missing the playoffs, then like this would be like red alert, like undisputed game of the year. Yeah. Like the only thing it's missing because DeSoto's going to go D2, Duncanville's going to go D1 is that. But don't tell that to anybody down there. Mm-hmm. I think they want a piece of one another because it's it's the two 6A state champs. And I think I would guess because they're in the same, obviously same district, same mm-hmm. neck of the woods. Well, they know each other well. All those kids know each other. And I think they're tired of hearing about one another. I think DeSoto's tired of Duncanville. I think DeSoto's real tired of hearing about that. I don't think Duncanville. That's the thing about this interesting thing. About this, I don't think Duncanville really gives a rat's ass about DeSoto. <laughs> like they just they've dominated them for the they for have. the past five years. It's been this this series has DeSoto won a state championship in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. In twenty seventeen I was at the DeSoto Duncanville game mm-hmm. when DeSoto when Duncanville beat DeSoto and that was the changing of the guard in that mm-hmm. part of part of the Metroplex. D- Dun- Duncanville came out and physically whipped DeSoto that night. And it's been the games haven't been competitive. Yeah. Duncanville I don't think there's been a game closer than than fourteen points in, in the last five five years and they played so they've all been 21 point wins basically yeah. at least and so now they'll tee it up again at eagle stadium in desoto um i will i will say this about desoto 
one of my frustrations with DeSoto is that I feel like their home field advantage doesn't necessarily come all around all that often. Um, I think it'll be packed. Yeah, it'll be a full house. It'll be full house for this one. Yes, it'll be a full there, there's house. There's a lot of there, there, you know. There, there's a lot of if it's not a playoff. Co- co- there's a lot of calming when the playoffs energy. Yeah, with yeah. Desoto fans, not the Dunkinville fans, tend to show out no matter what. Yeah, Desoto fans are a little bit more like ah, oh, you know, call me in the second round of playoffs. Yeah. I'll show up second round of playoffs. But I think they'll be out in full force for this one. Uh, fantastic quarterback matchup of I think two quarterbacks who have really grown. DJ Bailey, quarterback for uh, for Desoto. Um, we really noticed him at seven on seven when mm-hmm. we were like, "This guy's upgraded. Like this guy's really impressive," and his ability to throw on the run is what I think is a real X factor in this game because he may have to throw on a run. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. And then Keelan Russell, the SMU commit for uh, for for Duncanville. I think last year, I mean this in a nice way. I think he was a bus driver for them, much more of a game manager type. He's a weapon. Now yeah. he's a weapon. He was a sophomore last year. They they were they kind of spoon fed yeah. him the offense. Mm-hmm. And he's a junior. He started fourteen games for him last year. He he knows the offense. And and I'll tell you, you could tell me he has the prettiest deep ball in Texas, and I might believe it. He throw now mm-hmm. part of it is he's got weapons on the outside who are open. Well, he does. Um, but he's he's got he's got a pretty deep ball, and he puts mm-hmm. it on the money. Um, and take the they can take the top off this defense. Um. But this is, in my mind, a classic take-your-eye-off-the-ball game. Take-your-eye-off-the-ball. Mm-hmm. And the money matchup here and the whole game comes down to this DeSoto offensive line. Yep. Plain and simple. Which has been, by the way, very good. They have been good this year. Very good. Ron L. McLean and company have been very good. But they ain't dealt, dealt with anything like Colin Simmons and this front for DeSoto, which has allowed, checks notes, 26 points this season. Yeah, Duncanville's, de- Duncanville's defensive line and linebackers are are really, really good. They're insane. Now, now, let's slander just Duncanville a little bit. <laughs> We're an equal opportunity podcast. Hmm. Duncanville played anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Duncanville played anybody? South Oak Cliff is probably their best Week win. one? Week yeah. one? A re- fully reloading in, especially in week one, mm-hmm. 5AD2 South Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. Since then, their best win is over Waxahachie? Yeah, and Waxahachie's way down this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and they're they're fine, but like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I look up and down their schedule and I'm like, I mean, I don't, I know, I don't know anything about that team from Florida they made. I don't um, think they're that great. Let's, let's check their record. Yeah, check on Rockledge, yeah, Florida, and see what Rockledge, they're doing. Um, but they, I mean, that's the thing, is that they have been, now they have done the thing of pummel the teams in front of you, they have. and they've done it, and especially defensively. Their defense has been stupid. This whole game. They're 5-3. and three. So they're, they're mid. They're, yeah. They're a mid-Florida team. This is, in my mind, this comes down to DJ Bailey being, first of all, can they run the ball at all? Mm-hmm. We don't know the status of Tiger Ryden. This is supposed to be around the time he was supposed well, to come back. Well, he came back. Oh, did he? For a game. And then he, he I think he got hurt. I, I don't think he's going to play. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna guess he's They've had play. other running backs. They've, got, they've actually built some depth. Yeah, Marvin Duffy. Yeah, yeah they, they got they, got, they got dudes. This comes down to DJ Bailey, can he find time? Can he find time? Can this DeSoto defense pr- offensive line protect and allow what is a really good group of receivers, Booby Feaster and company, like – let them cook. That TJ Pride, Dalen Singleton, Dalen Singleton. They've got DeSoto has receivers to test 
Duncanville secondary. Yes. And which I think is where that's that's where you have to if you can attack Duncanville, it's in yeah. the secondary. And then the but other you have to protect your quarterback long enough to do it. The other thing for DeSoto or the other thing for Duncanville is can they can they get Caden Durham loose? They can Durham. He, he just needs a crease. He needs a crease. He just needs one crease. Brandon Booker and that defense for DeSoto have been pretty darn good. They have. They have. And I think they. I think there's an argument to be made that they. Um, actually, there's not an argument. They have played a tougher schedule. They have a win over Allen. They have a, they have a win at Allen. You know they they you know they beat Waxahachie like a drum. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You have to. I think you have to pick Duncanville, like historically, and I think they have DeSoto's matchup wise. But you know DeSoto is going to be. It's kitchen sink time. It's kitchen sink for this DeSoto, DeSoto team is more built yes. to, to play with Duncanville than previous DeSoto teams. I, I will say that. Um, what I'm watching for is is Duncanville mentally has had an edge over DeSoto. They're, they've been in DeSoto's heads. They've mm-hmm. they've been living rent free mm-hmm. in DeSoto's heads. I want to watch the first couple plays this game. Last year, if you go back and watch last year's game, the first couple of plays DeSoto threw some wide receiver screens. And DeSoto's receivers ran straight for the sidelines. Mm-hmm. They wanted no parts of Duncanville. I want to see if they if they're going to turn it up and, mm-hmm. and t- turn it up and, and take it upfield mm-hmm. and go right at Duncanville. Because the only way to beat the only way to beat a bully is you have to beat up a bully. It's why it's, why, it's what North Shore does. That's the only the only teams that have beaten Duncanville in the past five years or so. It's that, and I'm not counting the out of state teams because those are a different animal. Yeah. Those all star teams. You can say what you want, but those, those are all-star teams. The only teams – there's been two. Uh-huh. It's been North Shore, uh-huh. who's done it three times. And a few years ago when Trinity upset Duncanville in the playoffs and then South Lake Carroll. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, Trinity and South Lake were one-offs. North Shore's done it three times. They beat Duncanville because they went right at Duncanville and were just as physical with them. Hit them in the mouth. That's what you have to do. You, 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 to beat a Reginald Samples Duncanville team, you got to go through them. Yeah. You can't go around them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to be. And so Duncanville, DeSoto can't go around them. They got to go through Duncanville. Yeah. So we'll see. Great game. Fascinating game. Um, I think both teams are legit title contenders, like regardless of what comes out of this. Uh, but I think that this is a fascinating game that we'll learn a lot about both these teams who have not certainly not played anybody in their weight class in, in, in a hot minute. So very interested. I'm taking Duncanville and DeSoto. What is your first pick, Matthew? Darn. I guess I'll just, you know, <laughs> the, 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 you know, little chop liver over here, uh, you know, Atascacita, North Shore, you know, what are we – what are we doing? Friday night, 7 o'clock at Galena Park ISD Stadium. A game with actual implications. And it's just a top 10 matchup. You know, it's not number one versus number three. It's number two versus it's number, number seven. It's number two versus number seven. <laughs> <laughs> As the unbeaten Atascocita City Eagles look to – there are some similarities between Duncanville, DeSoto, and Atascocita City and North Shore. Mm-hmm. North Shore's had Atascocita's number. Atascocita's had great teams, great talent – and they just can't beat North Shore. They almost did it last year when uh, when Caleb Bailey got hurt mm-hmm. and David Amador had to take over at quarterback. They almost got him in the regular season. The North Shore in the playoffs blew him out. Um, I don't know if Atascocita was looking past C.E. King last I, Saturday. I, I sent you this text, either, or maybe it was in our Slack, and I was just like, uh, is this a uh, red alert here for – I don't know. I, I I was so I was I had this game on Texan Live while I was watching uh, Harlan and Jay, and my internet wasn't super fast, so it kept buffering. Uh, you know, first world problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't watch my stream of my high school football game while I'm at another high school mm-hmm. football game. But uh, 
Uh, it looked like C.E. King jumped on a Tascacita early and just kind of hung around. C.E. King was on the one-yard line at the end of the game. And task they C.E. King, King lines up in the shotgun all the time. Fourth and goal on the one-yard line, two minutes left in the game. They tried the tush push. Gosh. And it did not go well. <laughs> Atascacita's got a 350-pound defensive tackle who just destroyed it. It, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like, just kick a field goal if you're going to do that. Uh, Atascacita wins in overtime, 28-20. When they get out of there by the skin of their teeth, but they 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 had to, they struggled. Zion Brown had a good game. Braylon Conley, I think, played a little defense, played well. I think Atascacita probably overlooked C.E. King just a tad. Mm-hmm. and It almost bit him on the butt, mm-hmm. but they got out of there with the win. North Shore on Friday night beats Humble 38-24. to And I saw this score, and I was like, what? I, so I was like, man, did Humble hang around with, the task, with, with, with North Shore? Eh, it was 38-0 early third quarter, yeah. and North Shore, I took everyone out. Because they put their Gaston, JV in, basically. They knew they, had, they, they were not going to get anyone hurt before the Tascacita game while they're up 38-0 on Humble. So Humble, to their credit, Kept you know fought back made it made it respectable but that was a game North Shore that was never a doubt North Shore was mm-hmm. it was thirty one nothing at halftime Caleb Bailey offense come out in the second half one drive score touchdown thirty eight nothing they're out of there um, what I'm interested to see is if Dion DeBlanc comes back for North Shore the four star wide receiver has been out several weeks with an injury um, the receiving core has been fine but if you add in a four star receiver to a loaded receiving group already you're going to be really hard to stop North Shore's running game has been good. The defense is not as big and physically dominant as they have been up front, but they're very quick, they're very solid, and they're still just as physical. What I want to see also in this game, Caleb Belly hurt his knee last year, and before he got injured, he was a lethal runner. Yes, he was. North Shore has not unleashed Bailey as a runner much this year. Very, very rarely. Let me see if I can find some stats. on. No, they don't have stats up to He He hasn't run a ton this year. Mm-hmm. Do they unleash that? portion of their game this year this week against Tascacita mm-hmm. and it's been a big game do they say okay Caleb it's been eight weeks you're ready to go we're, we're taking we're fully taking the reins off you this week so you're interested to see if they can get the because if they could if they add that dimension to their offense I don't know how you stop North Shore yeah they're, uh, they're that good so I think both teams are gonna be locked into this one I think Tascacita keeps it close because they're super talented I mean they got that Jelani that the matchup to watch here is Jelani Watkins the LSU commit, a Tascacita receiver, against Devin Sanchez, the cor- a five-star corner for North Shore. I don't think Devin Sanchez is committed anywhere yet. He's a five-star. I know that. He's basically considered the best defensive back in he's Texas. Not commit- he's not committed anywhere, but he only um, – this is tough. He only has 33 offers. Oh, darn. Uh, that's the matchup, that, that's the matchup that, p- that pays here is, is Watkins and Sanchez going at it. So should be a fun one. If you like recruits, this mm-hmm. is a big game. If you like good high school football teams, this is a great game. I think North Shore takes it at home. I think they're a little too physical for a task with Cita. I think North Shore wins a, a relatively entertaining 42-35 kind of game. I think it'll be fun. I think it's uh, – I am intrigued by DeAndre Hardeman in this game, the running the running back for, for North Shore, because I think he could be a real game-breaker. But this is a real test for this North Shore. Like, this is final exam time for North Shore's offensive line. Like, we had concerns coming into the year. How well is his offensive line going to be? They've been great. Here's final exam time. Like, if you if you beat, if you you beat run past Atascacita and you're able to protect Bailey against Atascacita, then, like, this is, this is the closest North Shore – this is the closest to Avatar we're going to get for North Shore for Duncanville all year. 
like until they play until they hypothetically potentially play. play yeah. Yes, exactly. So uh, North Shore and a Tuskegee, that good pick. My second pick, Matthew, might be going a little bit off the board. It oh. is a it is a it's a it's a massive game, but it's kind of an uneven week, or a massive week of games. Kind of an uneven week. It's very big school heavy this very week. Very big school heavy. It's not a great small school week. There's a couple here and there, mm-hmm. um, and then there's there's pockets of the state where it's just not. A good, it's not a great week in Austin, for example. It's just not a great week in Austin. No. Um, Vandergrift Vista is probably the best game. Uh, but oh, that twenty five six eight. Dude, good lord. It is a. I texted Drew Sanders today about it, and Drew Sanders just sent me a shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very accurate, actually. Messed up. Let's go to the woods. Okay. Seven thirty, Friday night, at Bulldog Stadium in Carthage. Send the Seagate mm. Brooks. Okay. Top ten matchup here. Top ten matchup as the number one team in four A Division two, the Carthage Bulldogs. Welcome in the number ten team in four A Division two. The Van Vandals in what feels like what feels like Carthage's, Carthage's last regular season game. It too. is. Yeah, they had the week eleven bye. They're going for the they're going for the um they're going for the ten and oh season. Braylon. Hi Braylon. I mean it depends on what you think of Kilgore, and certainly it's a that's a state ranked five four uh, A team, four A D one team. Mm-hmm. And it was on the road at Kilgore. But like definitely at, at worst the second toughest test for for Carthage this season, at worst, you know what I mean? Yeah, because they didn't play, they, don't, they didn't play Pleasant Grove, they didn't no. play Gilmer, so yeah. no, this is a big test. Yeah. Now, Carthage passed a big test last week when they took they on center. They did. They went to center, and center only knows how to play one way. Center's fun as hell. Okay, they're fun as hell. They are fun. They only know how to play one way, which is. Cut the brakes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going, you know, all gas, no brakes. And Carthage uh, uh, was happy to take advantage of that in a 72-27 victory. That's the thing about Carthage can play that kind of game. Oh, dude. And then they can play a 21-7 game. They absolutely can. They can they beat ju- you that's just, that's just what, yeah. And by the way, 27 points is the uh, fewest points that center has scored in a game this season. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things about this Carthage team is that their defense, figuring it out. Yeah. And figuring it out. In that Kilgore game, uh, sophomore quarterback Jet Surratt, if that last name rings a bell, it's because it should. Uh, he's the son of Carthage head coach Scott Surratt. And that first game against Kilgore, he he looked like a sophomore in yep. his first varsity start. Against a good Kilgore secondary, yes. too. Yes. He threw a couple, I think three interceptions in that mm-hmm. game. One of them was a pick six. He looked like a sophomore. Um, he's figuring it out, and the machine was online last week. Seven touchdown passes, 411 yards against a a, a, a willing and participating center defense. <laughs> yes. Uh, a a very uh, consensual center secondary, to they say the least. romped. In I, that I think Surratt had like two incomplete. I think he was like 23 of 25. God. Something crazy. He was, he was on one. But let me tell you something, man. This Van team ain't no joke. This Van team—they're underrated. Good. They are like they're tenth in the, they're tenth in the state, and like you can make an argument that's a little low. They had the one loss. They lost to Chapel Hill mm-hmm. um, back in week two. It was on the road for a D one team. Another state ranked four eighty one. Same song, different verse. Like a the good time, Chapel Hill. Maybe may have been the number one at, the, at that they time. Were. They may have been the number one team in the state. I think they were too. Yeah. Um, but they've got a win over Lindale, which you know has aged well. Yeah, exactly right. Aged nicely. And they've looked. 
really good. And and I'll tell you that they are their their defense is pretty darn strong. And in particular, I think they've got a coach's kit too, Jackson Moffat mm-hmm. at, at QB, and he's been very strong, a dual threat guy that they've really let they've really let loose, and he's made them look very smart. Uh, their offense putting up big big all big numbers. The one thing that's interesting about them is that they are coming off an open date. So they've had two weeks to prepare for Carter. They have. It's interesting. They're gonna throw. They're gonna. They're gonna have some stuff. They're gonna have some stuff. Yeah. I ain't picking against Carthage. No, you think Scott Surratt's gonna be unprepared? I ain't picking against Carthage at home Mm-mm. on senior night Mm-mm. for a ten and zero season. Van can make it interesting, and I think and I think Van it can hang in this game. But when it gets to winning time, I know which team I'm going with. I just don't think Van has the the speed on the edges to mm-hmm. keep up with Carthage. That's the thing. I think Van can play with them up front, mm-hmm. but I don't know outside on the outside. I think Carthage has got a major edge there. Mm-hmm. I think Carthage. Yeah. But it's an opportunity. The reason I'm putting it on here, it's an opportunity to learn something about Carthage before we get to like the third round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, when, and and those data points are just hard to come by with Carthage. It's why we were so interested in like the Brock Gunner game. For sure. Why we were so interested in some of those games where it's like, oh, we finally get to see some somebody that can like punch with you. Yeah. Van can punch with them. But Carthage is probably the favorite in this one. I like Van and Carthage. What's your second pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go to the DFW Metroplex. Mm-hmm. I already know what you're doing. Seven o'clock Friday night at Northwest ISD Stadium. How Susan Elsa built the house that Elza built as the unbeaten in 6th ranked South Lake Carroll Dragons take on the unbeaten in 11th ranked mm-hmm. Byron Nelson Bobcats number 6 versus 11 so we've got this week in 6A we got number 1 versus number 3 number 2 versus number 7 number 6 versus number 11 and just for grins another game we have which we may talk about later on number number 15 versus number 25 mm-hmm. It's a lot of top 25 matchups in 6A this week. Fun week. Yeah. Um, This one's big. It's for the district championship in 4-6A. It's probably for playoff seeding. Both these teams look like they're headed to Division 2. And I think it's a referendum on on both teams. Yeah, that's fair. I know it's a referendum on at least one of them. I don't think either one of these teams really – if you look at – if you break down – like let's look at South Lake Carroll's schedule. What's their best win this year? It's a Flower Mount Marcus. Yeah. And that's a fourth place Marcus team. Yeah. Is it El Paso Eastwood? Third place Marcus team. Um, yeah, I mean it's not it's they haven't played. you know like that Eastwood. Cedar Hill's better. Cedar Cedar Hill's better, but that's still a third or fourth place team. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a signature win. I look at Byron Nelson's schedule. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Their best non district win is <laughs> yeah, it's like Plano, mate. Uh, yeah, Plano's, Plano's like, yeah, it's not. They're not good. It's not it. So we're gonna learn a lot about both. Mm-hmm. We we we're pretty sure both teams are good because they've mm-hmm. been good in the past. They've made playoff runs, but they hadn't done it this year. No. Byron Nelson gets to play South Lake at home this year. They this this was the same same scenario last year. They were both undefeated. Byron Nelson came to South Lake last year. South Lake beat him by two touchdowns in a game that was probably not even that close. Yes. Carroll kind of kept him at arm's length. Um. Both teams come in after they played on Thursday night, so they're on even rest. They're both on Mm -hmm. eight days of rest. 
Uh, both were down. South Lake Carroll put up 63 first half points last week against uh, Eaton. 70. They beat. They beat Eaton 70 to 20. Yeah, I remember but, that popped across my Twitter. Yeah, that was like rude. Uh, the Georgia Tech commit Graham Knowles at quarterback is improving as every week goes on. He 307 yards passing. Uh, South Lake also had almost 300 yards rushing. Have they, 300 yards passing, 300 yards rushing. Have they unleashed Wormley? He had seven carries. He only had 16 yards, but he did, he did have a couple of touchdowns last week. I think this is the week they unleashed Wormley. I think this is the week that Riley Wormley sees 15, 16, 20, mm-hmm. you know, 15 to 20 carries this game. Um, but South Lake, they, they used four or five different backs. They, they churned out big yardage. Their defense doesn't have any big names, but they're solid across the board. Um, I think Wormley's ability to give South Lake Carroll's offense that big play punch is is interesting. Especially, you know, Wormley can get out in the passing game too. That's where he can make some things happen there too. Uh, Byron Nelson beat Keller Central fifty six to ten. It was forty nine nothing at halftime. You know, second yeah. half inconsequential. They had a couple of uh, hundred yard hundred yard receivers. Byron Nelson scored touchdowns on three of their first four, three of their first four offensive plays. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown. They were just blowing. They're rolling. Keller Central's bad. Mike Sports is yes. Keller Central's head coach is named Mike Sports, the official coach of, of Teppens. Yeah, he's Mike Sports. Yeah, his team's struggling this year. They're having a rough year, and they they took it on the chin against Byron Nelson. Um, Byron's defense is legit. They brought back all eleven starters from last year, so they are loaded on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to give Carroll their biggest test of the year for sure. I am interested to see how this matchup plays out. But I ain't picking against South Lake Carroll, mm-hmm. not in the regular season. I think Carroll's got balance, and I think that that balance is going to push the Byron Nelson defense. And South Lake, in big games, especially in the regular season, this mm-hmm. South Lake plays. They they come to play. They play well. Byron Nelson doesn't have that signature win. Mm-hmm. This would be the biggest win in program history. Absolutely, they Byron Nelson's been to the third round of the playoffs three times. Mm-hmm. But this would be a bigger win than any of those area round playoff wins. Mm-hmm. They they took Guyer to overtime two years ago in the third round and fell short. This would be their their biggest. This will be a program defining win for Travis yes. Pride's ball club. I don't think they're going to get it done. I like South Lake Carroll, but I'm I am intrigued and fascinated by yeah, this one. This is a this is a really good game. The the money matchup here is that ne- Byron Nelson defense, which I think is legit against this very versatile and uh like balanced South Lake Carroll attack. That's the money matchup. Um, but I'm not quite sure if. Byron Nelson is going to be able to score enough to keep up with them. That's my question. That one. So, big game down there. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. My third pick, Matthew. Let's go. A little Thursday night affair. A little Thursday night appetizer. There's some little, good Thursday little, games this week. Crudite. In Shenandoah, let's go seven o'clock Friday night at Wood Forest Bank Stadium as the number fifteen Willis Wildcats with a K take right. on it's Wildcats with a K. Take on the uh, get it right. Take on the number twenty-five ranked, the Woodlands Highlanders, uh, in a matchup for the District Thirteen Six A Crown. In the Woodlands is again they've got the week eleven by so mm-hmm. they're finally regular season test before they get into the district before they get into um, uh, d- the playoffs and a game that is we'll call how seriously should we take both of you in your respective region twos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you may you valued listener 
may have forgotten about the Woodlands because they started off 0-2 and kind of an ugly 0-2. Do you remember we came on this podcast and we were like, man, the Woodlands doesn't have it. They got drilled by Houston Lamar. Yeah, we kind of, we expected him to lose to the to the North Shore. Mm-hmm. They lost to North Shore in the opener, and they got they got kind of drilled by by the Woodlands, or I'm sorry, got drilled by um by North Shore in the opener. And that line forms then, to the left, right there. Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> Teams right. get drilled by yeah. North Shore. The next week though was the one we were like, "What's wrong with the Woodlands? They got crushed by Houston Lamar." Mm-hmm. Well, turns out Houston Lamar. Houston Lamar's pretty damn good. Might have the juice. Um, Houston Lamar currently ranked 13th in the state. Correct. So they have two losses to teams that are combined 17 and 0, mm-hmm. and have a good chance to be 20 and 0 by the time it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. The Woodlands has figured it out, and specifically, their offense has come alive in a big, big way. Yeah, uh, they've got playmakers all over the field. They really do. Um, they're Mabry Matower, their quarterback. Wisconsin, Wisconsin commit. Is he not like a three-year starter? Something like He's that. A three-year starter. Three-year starter. Quanell X Farrakhan Jr. The the truth. Yes, he is. They have got playmakers. I'm interested. Everywhere. They they had a running back move in from Arkansas who's committed to Penn State. Uh, Keandre Baker. I don't know if he's been hurt. I hadn't really seen a lot of him in the box scores. Yeah. So I don't know if he's been injured. But if if he's available, that you got. But talk they, about triplets there. But they have got playmakers okay yeah. mm-hmm. and they are they are rolling right now and i'm like they have one of the deepest receiver cores in the state okay because aiden self and jackson bolander they are loaded on the outside they can they can slam well here's willis eight no also on a feed in district play and we know what they're about we know about dj lagway they're the the superstar quarterback and and like he needs no introduction but I'll continue to bang the drum that if you're only paying attention to DJ Lagway you are missing out this Willis team is capital G good capital G good Lagway's the headliner but they can run the ball with Terry Lawrence and they've got dudes outside they have three guys with 10 receiving touchdowns yeah they're think about that Willis's skill talent is is <laughs> As good as anyone in Texas. Jermaine Bishop, uh, Jabron Hampton, and Jalen Mickens each have at least 30 catches, at least 520 yards, and at least 10 touchdowns. And All three of them. And Willis hasn't really unleashed DJ Lagway as a runner yet. No. They've kind of let, let him kind of just stand back there and throw the ball. And He's he, carried the ball 48 times in eight games. Yeah. And th- if they're going to unleash him, th- th- kind of like Caleb Bailey with North Shore, this is the week. I will say this about the Woodlands. Their defense can be had. Now they've they've run through the the kind of the dregs of District Thirteen Six A and they've mopped up. But like when they played New Caney, they gave up forty two. Mm-hmm. They gave up when they played Oak Ridge, they gave up twenty six. And then of course they got beat by North Shore and Lamar. Yeah. When they faced high powered offenses, they've struggled. This could be shootouty. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at a very pointsy. This is a pointsy affair, and I will say this. Especially Willis, you win this ball game. Let's talk about where you fit in Region Two, in Division Two. I think I think Willis wins this game. I, I, I'm ready to give them Chief Challenger status to Desoto. Yeah, in Six A Division Two Region. Because you want to talk about a team that's going to have the kind of dudes who can match up mm-hmm. with Desoto. Mm-hmm. Watch this space. Willis and the Woodlands is a fascinating game, and especially if you're Willis, you can come away because who do they close with? Willis plays 
Uh, well, Oak Ridge next week. Yeah, Will, no Willis is entering the tough part of their schedule. Yeah, these next two weeks. These next two. This, this is the meat of their schedule. But heading into the playoffs, keep an eye on this one. Very interested in Willis and the Woodlands. What is your third pick, Matthew? Uh, I'm going to go a little, little not small school, but smallish school. A four A Division two action. Uh, Seven o'clock Friday night in North Waco. Mm-hmm. As the seven and one Madisonville Mustangs take on the five and three Waco Conley Cadets in a game that should decide the district championship, mm-hmm. and I believe, I believe this is eleven four A Division two. Sounds right. Served correctly. Um, big game here. Two teams that I think are in that next level of teams in Region three four A Division two. You got Silsby and Quero at the top, and I think Madisonville, Waco Conley, Hampshire, Fernet, Jasper, all kind of in that next tier of teams. Um, Madisonville comes into this game only loss of the year was to Columbus, which you know not a bad loss. Uh, they've won their last two games. They blew out Gatesville forty-six to seven last mm-hmm. week. Um, Texas Tech commit Lorenzo Johnson. Primarily being used on offense this year, he was he was kind of a two way player last year, and I, I bet come playoff time, we will see Lorenzo Johnson playing more defense. But he played primarily offense last week, had 155 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, Jakeithion Owens had two interceptions for the Madisonville defense. Pretty dominant win over, I'd say, a solid Gatesville squad. It's going to make the playoffs and is a, is a, I'd say, a slightly above average team. Mm-hmm. Waco Connolly, um, their front line talent is. And I've talked, you know, you talked to recruiting guys like Mike Roach, Hudson Standish, Gabe Brooks, and of course our own Greg Powers. They'll tell you Waco Connolly's frontline talent is as good as anyone in Class 4A. One through four, their best four players are as good as anyone. And you got Kobe Black, Kiefer Sibley, Jamarian Vincent. Like they're loaded with with recruitable kids. But it's it's that next, it's that depth that lacks at Conley. The drop off there is significant, and for whatever reason, Conley seems to be a, have this label as an underachiever. They lost three straight games in the middle of the year. Granted, against really good competition, they played good teams, but they don't beat the good teams. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Conley that I notice is that they're going to beat up on the bad teams, and they're going to they're going to look really good beating up on the bad teams. But when they play China Spring, when they play. I guess did they, did they beat La Vega this year? Or did La Vega beat them? That's a good question. La Vega is probably their best win. That's yeah. a that's like the one good team that Connolly consistently can beat, and it's a rivalry game. You throw all that out there, but it seems like you know. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Connolly beat La Vega yeah. this year. That's like the one good win Connolly has mm-hmm. this year. But they lost to Brownwood, lost to China Spring. Uh, I can't remember who their other loss was. Springtown. They lost to Sp- lost to Springtown. Springtown's fine, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's- just I don't know. Kiefer Sibley ran for a couple of touchdowns last week, but they kind of messed around against a pretty bad, not a good Salado. The Salado's not no. not great. No, they beat Salado 39-21 last week, and I watched Salado a couple of weeks ago play Hitchcock, and Hitchcock was up forty-five nothing at halftime. Yeah, so that's three A Hitchcock, by the way. So a little concerning there about Conley that they they kind of let a pretty below average Salado team hang around with them. It just, there seems to be something missing with Conley. And I, I can't put my finger on it because they're talented. They got dudes, but just, something's not – the pieces aren't fitting together right. Something's not right. I'm going to go Madisonville. I think Madisonville takes advantage of Conley mistakes in this game and gets themselves a big road win and likely the district championship this week. Yeah, I, I, I think you're – I think you might be right. I don't know. Conley, I, like, you can never count them out because, like, they no, always so have, like yeah. – 
they could always just have Kiefer Sibley be like, hey, uh, I'm just going to score eight touchdowns and be the best player on the planet. Bye. You know? Like, that. that's why you can't... Like, Madisonville, probably the more complete team and yeah. the deeper team. But, like, I don't know. Can't count them out. I think uh, I, don't, I don't trust Conley. I need to see him yeah. do it against someone not named like a La Vega. I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, all right. My fourth pick. Let's go. 7 o'clock Friday night to the Brazos Valley at Tiger Stadium in College Station. Ah, uh, yes. A... A young but hot rivalry in uh, in the Brazos Valley as the College Station Cougars take on the A&M Consolidated Lions in Tigers. A&M Consolidated Tigers. It's a Tiger Stadium ding-dong. For the 11-5A D1, not quite title. College Station can win the title mm-hmm. if they win it. Consol can, can make can, it a... Can throw it into the blender. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, do they have a name for this rivalry? I was looking on... Uh, we need to ask our friend Alex Miller at the Bryan College Station Eagle if it's been officially named. I don't see a name. The Battle it. of the Brazos Valley. Kind of what it is. These are, the two, these are the two headline, you know, big schools down there in that part of the world. You know, with respect to Bryan and the co- company. The two big... The, the two only schools in College Station. And, and put College Station in the same category as the Woodlands. Because... Isn't this a team that lost in week one and we were just like, ah, they suck. Boo. Get off the stage. Boo. We kind of did it to them last year. We did it, it to College last Station last they year. They lose week one to Lovejoy. They get beat by 13 in Allen. Right? Mm-hmm. Turns out Lovejoy's pretty good. Since then, a wrecking machine. And especially that offense, dude. Arrington Maiden and Aiden Martinez-Brown. That duo right there. Mm-hmm. In 5AD1, especially Region 3, like, find me find me a duo that you that scares you as much as those two, right? Those two guys are offensive-like. Yeah. We may have a name. Uh, we're calling it the Same Town Showdown. You don't like that name, do you? I don't like that name. I'm sorry. Okay. I, gotta, I have to speak truth to power. That's okay. not, I, I don't like you it. Speak your we truth, Greg Tepper. We can do better. Uh, but this we col- have the technology. This College Station offense is legit. Like I like this College Station offense. Defense has been fine. It's fine. They they kind of out, they kind of outscore people. They haven't played anybody in their in their weight class in a while. Like I mean, Cedar Park. Mm, whatever. Like mm-hmm. they're, 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 this is I mean, not, that, that win last week over Georgetown is probably their. This is not twenty fifteen to twenty twenty no. Cedar Park. There's an argument to be made that their win last week over Georgetown is your best win of the year when their offense kind of lit it up. Well, here comes A&M Consolidated, and A&M Consolidated, their, their defense is going to make them work. Okay? Their defense, that defense is legit. Trace Meadows and company leads a really good unit there on the on the console defense. Their offense, though, has just been real fits and starts. Mm-hmm. Like, they figured it out recently because they've just turned, given the ball to Keyshawn Thomas, and they've run the ball really well the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of taken the ball out of the quarterback's hand, Will Hargett, who's been okay, but like they've taken the ball out of their hand and they've done their damage on the ground. Mm-hmm. Are they able to run the ball against College Station? Can co- like can College Station find a way through this really good AM consolidated defense? And then also, who kind of handles the moment better? Because this is going to be a big rivalry matchup, big atmosphere down there. Um, and College Station, these guys have played. They played, you know, in a state championship game last year. They yeah. played in those big moments. And that's why I like College Station in this one. Uh, this is a game, again, if this game gets into the 30s, I don't know if Consoles got the offense to get 
to, to match them score for yeah. score. College Station's got the more explosive offense. You know, I wonder at one point does this kind of become a rivalry where console, uh, consoles just their College Station's in their heads. Yeah, A and M Consolidated is the the legacy school yeah. in College Station. They've never beaten College Station High. Yeah, I believe they're zero and five. Sounds right. Against College Station High, I want to say they're uh, they've never. I know they've never beaten College Station. Yeah. They were up twenty-one nothing on College Station last year and lost. Spit the bed. So, at one point, does this become kind of a mental thing for mm-hmm. for AM Consolidated? New coach Brandon Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're still trying to figure out their identity. College Station's got an identity, and I think they've got the guy at Arrington Maiden. I think so. I love Arrington Maiden. I think he's a great player. Can't believe he's going to Memphis, like Texas schools. What are we doing? I here? know we can't let that uh, happen. So, but he, I think. I think College Station, mm-hmm. it's weird they're not ranked. They just can't break into the rankings because no one ahead Nobody's, of them yeah. is doing anything to to, to I'll tell you this. spot. I will say this. You know who loves the computers them? Computers love them. Computer loves them. Yeah. They've got, they've got them fifth. Yeah. Top so. five in the computer rankings, by the way. Alito, Longview, Smithson Valley, PSJ North, College Station. Then full share. Yeah. So, so it's Region 3 is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like College Station High as well. I do. Okay. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? Friday night, 7 o'clock. At the Birdville Fine Arts Athletics Complex, another battle of DFW unbeatens. Kind of flying under the radar. No one's talking about this game, but a sneaky good game in 5-5A Division Division I as the 8-0 Mansfield Timberview Wolves take on the 8-0 Richland Royals, Mm -hmm. the alma mater of the great Jake Kemp. Shout out Dumb Zone. That's right. Another Uh, premium podcast. Yes, another another premium podcast you (laughs) you should subscribe to, The Dumb Zone. Uh, you can tell Dan and Jake to send the check over here. Um, <laughs> They're rich. They are. Um, <laughs> both these teams are undefeated, but I, I, I don't know how much we know about either one of these teams mm-hmm. right now because you look at their schedules. and, and Now, granted, they're in a nine-team district, so they only, they only got to play two non-district games. They've been, they've been in playing in districts since week three. Their district's not great. Um, Here's what I know about Mansfield-Timberview. They kick the crap out of teams. So let's talk about that. <laughs> they smoke teams. Yes. Last week, Mansfield Timberview defeated poor Dallas Sunset 90 to nothing. 90 to nothing. Shame. Now, Sunset did not help things because they threw, I think, four pick sixes in the game. Yeah. That's not going to help matters. I mean, Timberview was putting defensive linemen at running back in the second half just to try to get out of there, and they were scoring touchdowns. You can't take anything away from that game. Timberview's way better than Sunset, obviously. But I look at Timberview's schedule, and I their best win's Carrollton Smith. That's the one game against a good team. I think Smith. I think I, th- I believe Timberview's two test two wins over teams with winning records, mm-hmm. and they're both in district play. A fifty-five fourteen win over Carrollton Smith, and a twenty-seven to seven win over WT White. So 20, 27 to seven over WT White's a little bit odd. WT White's a borderline playoff team but not a great team so um i'm interested to see what timberview what we know about timberview they're going to be very physical mm-hmm. and they are going to they're going to have speedy backs and they're going to run the football that's what we know about timberview mm-hmm. they're under a first year head coach robbie DeSanto, who was the offensive coordinator uh previous head coach james brown is now on staff at smu so i'm interested to see what what a robbie DeSanto coached timberview squad looks like um, against a Richland team that that is underrated and very good, um, they, if you've never seen their, their they have a Texas commit on the offensive line, mm-hmm. Daniel Cruz, mm-hmm. and 
I believe Greg Powers and Mike Roach both believe he's the best interior offensive line prospect in the state of Texas. Sounds right. Um, and he's a mauler. Mm-hmm. And excited to watch him play. Um, he'll also see some time on defense. They, they'll, they'll spot play him. He'll get about 15, 20 snaps a game in key moments on the defensive side of the ball as well for Richland. Um, I, I want to see their running back, Michael Turner. Mm-hmm. He's a very underrated prospect. In fact, Greg Powers and I were talking before the show started, and he was really excited for me to get eyes on Turner to see what he can do. Richland's skill talent's better than what you think. Yeah, um, they're very dynamic. Um, I don't know if they can keep up with Timberview. Interested to see that. I think if Richland has an edge, it's up front, which is odd because Timberview was the one who was loaded up front last year. Um, this is going to be kind of a game where I think the winner you you elevate them into that. You know, Timberview last year played Longview in a regional final and lost. I think the winner of this game has has the bracket lines up for them to make a three to four round playoff tournament. Yeah. Now if you lose this game, you're on the tougher side of the bracket. So this is a big game not only for for play for district title, but for playoff seating as well. So um, I'm really fired up about this game just just to see which one of these teams can kind of emerge as a legit contender. Yeah. I want to believe in Richland. I do. Timberview just has more of a body of work historically. Yeah, that's they basically thir- they it. They were 13-1 last year. Yeah, it's basically it. That's the advantage we give them right now. But if Richland's for real, here's an opportunity to show, show the world that you're for I mean, real. If we're just basing it on their resume in 2023. Yeah. Are we in 2023? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, their resumes are pretty pretty much similar. Oh, yeah. Because they're in a huge district, too. So they've got Timberview's of- two non-district wins are over uh, South Grand Prairie and Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. And Richland's two non-district wins are over Mansfield Legacy and Haltom. So. Now, the one thing is that, like, and the computer loves Timberview because, again, the computer loves, loves dominance. dominance. Yeah, and and not that Richland's been nice to their opponents, but like not to the level, not ninety to nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, here's the one, Matt. So, Carrollton Newman Smith is probably going to finish third yes. in this district. They're six and two. Mm-hmm. Their two losses are to Timberview and Richland. Mm-hmm. They lost to Timberview fifty-five to fourteen. Okay. They lost to Richland fifty four to fourteen. One point game. So that's what we're gonna do. we're getting a one point game. Yeah. So there you That'd go. Be awesome. Um, okay. Good pick. I my fifth and final pick, Matthew. We are going to go um, south. We're going to go southeast. Okay. We're going to go to Matagorda County. Okay. Seven o'clock Friday night. At Black Cat Memorial Stadium ah, yes. in Bay City, as a again not one team can win the district championship to, mm-hmm. in this game. The other team um, can certainly throw it into the blender in District 12 4A Division One as the Iowa Colony Pioneers visit second year program the bay city black cats not second year program <laughs> decidedly not a second year program <laughs> been playing been, actually that's noble when did when they've did, been playing football for over 100 years yeah let me see the last time like when did when's bay city's first like game, uh, like season on record uh 1911 yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of a uh a little bit of a, a gap here uh, as far as uh pedigree is concerned but you wouldn't know it looking at iowa colony Iowa Colony has looked is undefeated. They are they they were kind of a, a preseason tep and step darling. Mm-hmm. And go back have, and look at my hipster yeah. picks article. You'll, you'll. And they've lived up to the hype. Look, they're mm-hmm. undefeated. They have not been. Uh, 
they've not been as dominant as I'd like to see them. I think I don't know if they just take the foot off the gas or if they're just like. I don't that, know what it is. This district is hard to get a read it on. It is. Because you look at Bay City's results, and one week Bay City looks like world beaters. Yes. Last week versus Nat Needville. Mm-hmm. We'll but then that. they'll lose to Navasota by double digits. Mm-hmm. But the but Iowa Colony, like, there's no doubt they've got dudes. It starts with the running game. It starts with Aaron Tenner. Like, their mm-hmm. whole offense has got to start with him. But, like, are they still running the two-quarterback thing, or have they settled on a guy? I think they've settled on – they were playing a freshman quarterback. Carson White? Yeah, yeah, he's a freshman and slinging it around. Been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, they've got, a, but the real, the real meat and potatoes of this Iowa Colony team, I think, is on the defensive side. I think it's on the defensive side because their defense has been very strong uh, over the course of of the season for the most part, and they've grown up. That's where I think they have more veterans on the defensive side. They're mm-hmm. still very young on the offensive side. But the playmakers they've got offensively are fun. I mean, Jay Warren, that wide receiver, is um, – is, is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jacody Miles uh, is, is really good on out, out wide. Uh, Landrew Ward. And then, yeah, as I mentioned, Tenor is the guy to, to know. And their defense has been very good. Mm-hmm. Well, here's Bay City. Now, Bay City does have two losses. Those two losses are two. Um, let's see. I had that here, and then I clicked out of it. Greg, why'd you do that? Um, their two losses on the year are to Edna. Okay, so it was a state ranked. It's a three A team, but it was a good, mm-hmm. good three A. That's a rivalry game too. Rivalry Edna game. and Bay City are rivals. And they lost that weirdo kind of fart and fall down game against Navasota. Mm-hmm. That's the one that sticks in your crawl. But I'll tell you, the recent results have been excellent. Yes, they went to Needville last week against a then-state-ranked Needville undefeated team and body-bagged them. I mean, as thorough a performance as we've seen. Jada Andrews, their running back, was excellent. Defensive lineman Carlin Jones, superstar up front. He's a a monster. Yes. The thing about Bay City, though, is you don't know which team's going to show up. Exactly. For the most, like, are they the team... Are they the team that is going to go out there and play Needville and body bag them? Or are they the team that is going to go to Navasota, a 3-6 and six Navasota team, and spit the bit? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't know about them. I think Iowa Colony has been more consistent. But Iowa Colony, young team on the road against a pretty physical Bay City team, you don't know how they're going to deal with that. Um, I'm torn. I'm going to go with Iowa Colony. The computer likes Bay City. Okay. I'm going to go with Iowa Colony. I think they've got the weaponry and, and, and the defense is going to hold them in it. But this is a weirdo, like, matchup of state-ranked teams, by the way. Yeah. That is, is I can't get a read on. And yeah. It, it, I, it's, 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 in, it's perfectly indicative of this whole district, which is just like, I don't really know what you are. I, 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 think, I feel like almost the exact same way. I, I think Iowa Colony wins just because I've, I've been big on Iowa Colony all year, and I just don't know what, what we're going to get from Bay City. I know. If good Bay City shows up, they can win the game. If, if good Bay City comes up, shows up, they could win 50-17 to 17 like they did last week. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, interesting that one. I would Here's call the thing. Me. The loser of this game is probably looking at a second-round matchup with Kilgore. You don't want that. That's bad. No. no. Bad. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? I'm going to go visit our friends in the big country, Greg Tepper. Class 2A. I do know where you're going. As the 7-0 and Stamford Bulldogs. Underrated. 
under first-year head coach Wayne Hutchinson back in his old stomping First-year head yeah, coach. Yeah. Back in his old stomping grounds at Stanford, taking on the defending state champion in 6-2, and two, Holly Bearcats, who very quietly have gotten their wheels back on after mm-hmm. a, kind of a stumble in non-district. Um, Holly's got things rolling, and – the passing game is getting going. Uh, you know they don't they don't have Austin Compton to run the. Fo- mm-hmm. They don't have a two hundred and twenty pound running back to just pound on you this year. Mm-hmm. But what they do have is they have a Keegan Abel's at quarterback, and they have Deontay Ramon and Chandler Myers, two potential Division One wide receivers in two A football to throw the football to. Mm-hmm. And Abel's had two hundred and thirty three yards and six touchdowns in their fifty one to seven win over Alney last week. And Ramon and Myers caught five of those six touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty clear to me that Holly is saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live and die throwing the football this year," and they've got the weaponry to get it done. Um, this Stanford team is intriguing. They're, they were they were very sophomore heavy last year. They're junior heavy this year. They have experience. They're very balanced. They, they were almost wing T like last year under Britt uh, Hart. They've gone to a more uh, wide open, more of a power spread offense under uh, Hutchison, but they are throwing it, and they were almost equally balanced last week in their uh, 41-7 win over Anson. They ran for 220 yards, and they rushed for 219 yards. That's pretty dang balanced, if you That's ask me. That's pretty good. Uh, a lot of guys touching the football. A lot of guys making plays. Christian Duran, Clee Whitfield, uh, the two key uh, players for Stanford. But they've kind of spread the ball around. There's different guys who make plays uh, week in and week out. The difference in this game for me, I don't think it's Stanford's time yet. Mm. I think Stanford is a year away from being real dangerous. And when I talk, when I say real dangerous, I'm talking state title good yeah. in 2024 holly i don't think his state title good this year but holly still has a lot of pieces from that title team they still have the big game experience and i think holly at home gets a close win that's kind of my read on this one stanford keeps it close they play with holly but i think holly finds a way because of that big game experience and guys like deontay ramon and Chandler myers yeah I think you're right. I think Holly has. I think Holly has rounded into form, and that is probably the the, the difference here. So yeah, I I do like. I I think I'm going to go with uh, Holly as well. Are we going to say Holly is the Region One? Are they back to the Region One favorite into a Division One? Or is that Stratford's role right now? I think it's Stratford. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, they've got the crown. So like, you you somebody's going to have to knock them off. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I think right now it's probably Stratford, but that's that's for another podcast, Matthew. Maybe in a couple of weeks. That was your week ten draft. I took De- Desoto, Duncanville, Van Carthage, Willis, the Woodlands, College Station, Anum Consolidated, and Iowa Colony, Bay City. Step took North Shore, Tuscaseta, South Lake Carroll, Byron Nelson, Waco Conley, Madisonville, Richland, and Mansfield Timberview, and Holly and Stamford. Great week. Great, great week of games. Great week of games. It's now time for your hipster game of the week. Matt Step, what is your hipster game of the week? Let's go to Houston. Okay. H-Town, hold it down. Um, I don't know which stadium in Houston this is at, so I can't say the stadium game, but because Houston ISD. It's a Houston ISD, a 6A Houston ISD game. Uh, as the Houston Westbury Huskies take on the west side, I don't know what their mascot is. I think the Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, Westbury Wolves. So we got a little uh, – 
We got a little canine on canine violence here with Westside and Westbury uh, going at it in 18-6A. And Westside comes into this game at 2-6, and six, Westbury at 3-6. and six. So you're like, Matt Stepp, why are you picking a 2-6 and six versus 3-6 and six game as your hipster game of the week? Yeah, Matt. Well, great question, young high school football scholar. Dumb, dumb. Um, the reason why is because this game is straight up for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. The top three teams in 18-6A are Houston Lamar, who we talked about, Houston Heights, and Houston Bel Air. All three of those teams already in the playoffs. Cl- spots are already clinched. This game is straight up for, for the four seed. Here's why this game is also interesting, Greg Tepper. Mm-hmm. A win by Houston Westside pushes state-ranked Houston Lamar into Division Two. Ooh. That is why I'm keeping an eye on this game, and it is a it is a Friday night game, so it is Friday night. Um, but I'm keeping an eye on this because if Houston Lamar goes Division Two, I think you can make a strong case they're the favorite in Region Three Division Two. Yeah, and we're talking about a Houston ISD team being a favorite in a regional favorite. I think I think Summer Creek among others, will have something to say about that, but mm. there's no reason Houston Lamar can't win Region 2, Region th- Oh, I totally agree. Region 2, Region 3, Division 2. Mm-hmm. So I think Westbury's the favorite, and I think Lamar stays Division 1, but Westside knocks them off. Houston Lamar's going to the playoffs as a Division 2 team. So mm-hmm. this is a game to keep an eye on. Good really pick. intriguing game. Good pick, Matthew. My hipster game of the week, Matthew. Let me make sure I get the stadium right on this one. You're listening to live coverage of me looking up where this game is. I guess I could have looked on the app to see where West West Side and Westbury yeah, is. Yeah, but I have a way of doing these things. Matt Step, let's go. Seven o'clock, he said to himself, confidently. Seven o'clock, Friday night at Lowry Field. In Lubbock. Oh, beautiful Lowry Field. By the way, West Side and Westbury is at uh, Butler Stadium. Okay, thank, you. Or, thank you. Yeah, Butler. Good. As the two and six Lubbock Coronado Mustangs. Ah, shout out DJ Man. Visit technically the three and five Lubbock Monterey Plainsmen. Shout out Judd Thrash. Two coaches couple, that we like. Couple of things here. Couple of things. One. Playoff eliminator. Loser's done. Yes. Loser's loser is, done. A, loser loser's is mathematically, mathematically eliminated. Correct. Coronado wins. They get basically a playoff game with Tascosa next week. Correct. Assuming Tascosa doesn't beat Lubbock Cooper, which I think they're relatively sizable under. They are. Yes. So there's that. It's a huge game. These two teams don't like each other. Correct. Coronado and Monterey are not fans of one another. They're old rivals. This is a spicy rivalry. (laughs) For more reasons than one. And I know that both of these teams, Monterey can can still get in. They have a loss to Tascosa, which hurts. So they would need some help. They would need help from, ironically, Coronado Coronado next week. Yeah, in week 11. (laughs) Next week, yeah. But... Monterey would love to bury Coronado. They can stick the dagger in them. Mm -hmm. And Coronado can keep their season alive at the expense of Monterey. Mm -hmm. This is spice levels, 
okay? This is this is extra. This is you go to the Mexican food restaurant and they got the three tamales next to it, mm-hmm. like the three little the peppers. Three peppers, next to it, yeah. The three mm-hmm. peppers. This is three peppers. Yeah. Okay. This is spicy. Yeah. Uh, also, we're on a premium. I, I don't think the two coaches are the are having lunch anytime soon together. I'm just gonna say that, unless they have to. This is a. They, you know, there's this there there's, you know, there, there, there's, there's a, it's a rivalry. It's a it's rivalry. A rivalry. It's it a is rival, a rivalry. Plain and simple. I'm not saying they they hate each other, but they're just not the best of friends. They're not gonna. They're not hanging out. Big game. Yeah. Big big game. Lubbock Coronado and Lubbock Monterey going down at Lowry Field with a lot of implications in District Two Five A Division One. That is my hipster game of the week. Where are you heading this week, Matt? Uh, so Thursday night I will be at Lowe's Stadium in Addison Ooh. watching the. Carrollton Newman Smith Trojans, who we talked about, mm-hmm. six and two. Carrollton Newman Smith taking on five and three. W T White, um, W T White still alive for the fourth playoff spot there in District Five Five A Division One. A win over Newman Smith would be would be big for them. Uh, Newman Smith looking to wrap up the number three seed. So uh, a good solid game there. Uh, looking forward to seeing that one on Thursday night at Lowe's Field in Dallas or Addison, technically Addison. Newman Smith. Have they clinched playoff lot? I don't think they've officially clinched. They get, if they do, they win. They can clinch. First or, time since 2015. Yeah, or either you're a win or the right loss. They've been, and I'll tell you, Robert. It's still Robert Boone, right? Yeah, Coach Boone. You're three there. Yeah, and he's. They've been so close. Yeah, <laughs> like the like agonizingly close the last. two I think years. last year I lost that. They, this game mm-hmm. is what kept WT White got the fourth playoff spot mm-hmm. last year. This yeah, game what kept him out. Um, you know, those two schools aren't that far apart from each other either. They're 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 in the same area, so interesting matchup here. Should be a, a good game uh, Thursday night there in North Dallas. Friday, I'll be at Birdville Fine Arts Athletic Complex mm-hmm. for the aforementioned Mansfield Timberview Richland game. Mm-hmm. Just got my email from Birdville ISD granting my credentials. Thank, Thank you, Birdville, Birdville ISD. Um, appreciate the hospitality. We already talked about that one. No need to elaborate further. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to Houston. Uh First off, at 1 o'clock Saturday, I've got Laporte and Crosby. Uh, Joe Willis in his first year at Crosby. They're struggling. They are struggling. <laughs> Tough year for the Crosby Cougars. But Laporte, Kevin Bernicke's squad, 8-1. Yeah. looking to. Cl- this, this is their last regular season game. So Laporte's playing for a lot because they can clinch a home playoff game. But they don't have a home stadium this year. Yeah. <laughs> so Laporte Stadium is being completely rebuilt. If you haven't looked at their artist renderings, it's going to be awesome when it's finished. They're playing all their home games this year at Barber's Hill. So that's why they're playing Saturday because Barbers Hill is playing on Friday night. So Laporte uh, will play Crosby on Saturday at, at Barbers Hill. And then my Saturday night game, a one of the most historic rivalries in Texas high school football. It is third ward versus fifth ward in H-Town mm-hmm. as the Houston Wheatley Wildcats, I believe, take on the Houston Yates Lions. The, uh, fifth Ward, north, north, north side of Houston versus the south side of Houston. Uh, it's an old rivalry. It's one of the biggest PVA. They used to play this game mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving Day in front of like 30,000 people in Houston at one, in back, back in the 50s. Uh, it's a huge rivalry. Still is a big rivalry. Yates is still in the mix for a district title um, in 11-4A Division One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wheatley is having some struggles this year, but they would love nothing more than to beat their arch rivals in Houston Yates. On Saturday night at Barnett Stadium, a fun scene. It will be a scene. The, I've been to a Yates Wheatley game before, mm-hmm. but it was 2020. It was during the COVID year, and it was just not. not wasn't the same. the same. I'm expecting a full house at Barnett Stadium Saturday night in uh, Houston. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, there's only a handful of teams. If you're interested in this, there's only a handful of teams that can finish the year 10 and 0 this week. Carthage can do it. Richland Springs and the six man ranks can do it. 
uh, I believe Jayton can do it, or are they off? No, Jayton's off. The other one, just like we all predicted, Scurry Rosser can finish 10-0 this week mighty, if they beat Corsicana Mildred. Mighty, mighty Scurry the Rosser. Mighty, mighty Scurry Rosser. Uh, anyway, uh, please watch Bally Sports Southwest. I'm supposed to tell you that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, TexasFootball.com. Oh, Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday. Friday. Last thing before we go. Yes. Friday snapshot day. You need to stick with TexasFootball.com mm-hmm. all day Friday. Uh, so, do you want to explain Snapshot Day? You're, so, you're, uh, yes. you're good at explaining these So, things. Snapshot Day, UIL realignment is every other year, and it's coming in February. Snapshot Day is the day, it's not technically a day, it's technically a week. Yeah, Friday's the first day. Friday's, yeah, or first day or last day? It's the first day. First day. Uh, Friday is when you uh, are can turn in your, uh, your enrollment number. So... And your enrollment number, if you don't know, that's how classifications and uh, are are divided. Is which uh, is depending on what your enrollment is. So we will learn what everyone's enrollment is starting on Friday. Correct. And so we will know who's moving up to six A, who's dropping down to four A, who's you know going to be uh, staying we'll in three. Good ideas, yeah. We're we'll have really good ideas. Good ideas of who's going where. That's a big day. And so I know you've already got a thing up on TexasFootball.com for subscribers about, like, rumors and, and notes mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. to know. So go check we'll that out. That, yeah. But we'll have firm answers on that. So, like, for example, one of the hot rumors is that Alito may be going to 6A. Correct. We will have a much better idea of that starting on Friday. Yes. Once when we, we get that number. When we know their mm-hmm. number. Because if mm-hmm. they turn in 3,000, they're not going to turn in 3,000. But if they turn in 3,000, we know they're going to 6A. Mm-hmm. If they turn in 1,500, we know they're not going to 6A. Correct. So we will start to know those things starting on Friday. TextFootball.com will have and to be tracking all those. Yes. We'll have an a, a article posted with a spreadsheet, basically, with all the numbers that we get. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I'll be updating them as I get them all day Friday. Yeah. We've got, got people who help me out. Our good friend Carl Padilla from the mm-hmm. Padilla Poll. We help help each other out with that. Uh, coaches, if you're listening, you will get an email from me uh, first thing Friday morning asking mm-hmm. for your snapshot number. Mm-hmm. You can text it to me. You can email it to me. You can slide in the DMs, whatever you need to do. Slide it in the DMs, baby. We'll, we'll take it. That'll be great. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Text Football subscriber. Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tepid Stuff. Mm-hmm.